0: Well, it was a game. It happened. The Colts won, the Broncos lost. We talked about those Broncos yesterday on the show. So let's focus on the Indianapolis Colts. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back once again to close out the week here on the show. And boy, do we have an interesting game to get into here on the show. Kyle Krabs is going to join us in a few minutes to give us his thoughts on this Thursday Night Football game that will be talked about probably not for good reason for... For a very long time. Some housekeeping to take care of. You guys know the drill. This show brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back, even though it didn't look like it last night. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll find over there the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. They are always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball. we got the playoffs starting tonight, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join, and you're going to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards, betonline, where. The game starts. And folks, I will I will make an admission here. I am doing this show. I'm looking up the window right now of a hotel room in Birmingham, Alabama. Tomorrow night, I will be heading with the draft dudes to Alabama, Texas A&M. So I was on a plane yesterday. Two planes, two flights, in fact, from Phoenix to Birmingham. And now while... On these flights, I knew I was going to be at least missing some parts, the Colts-Broncos game. There's going to be a little bit of a window there in between where I was going to be able to check in, throw the game on, be able to see what was going on, check in with the members of the TDN staff, see, see what was happening. And boy, when I walked off that first plane to get on the second plane, did I walk into whatever you guys got to experience when watching Thursday Night Football. And the Broncos were the focus of the Thursday show in the lead up to that game, and It feels as if we should probably talk about the Colts side here today on the show, because I don't know what the heck happened in that football game. I'm sure you're still wondering what the heck happened in that football game, but I can't help but look at the way the Colts won the football game, 12-9 to in overtime, largely in part due to some mismanagement, some poor decisions from Russell Wilson, just the Broncos being a bit of a mess all across the board, but the Colts. We've been doing this for a while. We keep bringing in quarterbacks, year in and year out, veterans to be able to lead this younger roster of players. And it kind of worked with Phillip Rivers. It certainly didn't work with Carson Wentz. They had to immediately undo that. And now we're doing it with Matt Ryan. He's fumbled the ball 11 times already this season. The offensive line is in shambles and unable to protect their quarterback. Jonathan Taylor is hurt and also hasn't looked like much of the player that we saw a year ago, what Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have put together here in Indianapolis is not working. Yes, they are two, two and one. But I'm going to use a term here and I'll probably use it later on when talking with Kyle. Repeatability. The way you win football games matters just as much as the fact that you win them, at least in the early stages. Now in the playoffs, give me every gritty win you can get. I don't care how you get it done. Field goals that hit all three parts of the upright. I, who cares? Win football games, move on to the next round. But when we are in the early stages of the season, and this is week five, we are five games in. How you win tells me how sustainable what you're doing is. And folks, I ask you this question. The Indianapolis Colts last night, they win the game 12-9 to in overtime. How many teams could they have played that game against and won? And the reason why I ask that question is, this is not new. This is the way that they have played. Other than their big win against the Chiefs, this is the way they played. Didn't play well against Jacksonville, had to come from behind out of nowhere and use all of the offensive might that they had in the system to be able to come back and tie the Houston Texans. This is what the Colts have been the entirety of the season. And to answer the question that I just asked all of you, maybe the Bears, the only other team that the Colts could have played that specific game against and won? So yes, they won. Yes, they're 2-2-1. Two, two, yes, they're tied statistically for first place in the AFC South. But did anybody wake up today on a Friday feeling better about where the Colts stand in the playoff picture in the AFC? The answer to that is clearly no. The answer to that is this is a team that has problems. This is a team that can't protect their quarterback. A quarterback that is turnover prone right now. We don't have a lot of wide receiver options outside of Michael Pittman Jr. We're banged up on both sides of the ball. The train keeps moving, but it's pretty close to falling off the tracks. And right now, somehow, someway, last night, they were able to keep it on the tracks for one more week. But we cannot sit here and say that this team is trending in the right direction, that we feel any better about this team than we did a week ago, that we feel any better about this team than we did when they shockingly beat the Chiefs and had to make a miraculous comeback to be able to do that. So this is not, I think, a good trend for the Colts moving forward. But like I said, I was on a plane, didn't get to see a lot of the game. Let's talk to somebody who did see the game. He, for all of you, and for the sake of this show, sat through that game. He's going to give us his thoughts, and we're going to talk about the Colts. Let's talk to Kyle Craps. Kyle, I said it in the monologue to everybody. I owned up to it. I said I did not watch the Thursday Night Football game. Lucky you. I was on two flights to get here where you and I are doing this podcast from a hotel room in Birmingham, Alabama. It's the title of the show. What the heck happened last night, Kyle? What the heck happened?
1: Uh, I believe Tom Brady sniffed this out when he was asked about the parody across the league. He said, I see a lot of bad football. <laughs> and let me tell you, the Thursday night broadcast between the Broncos and the Colts was the least whelming, right? Like overwhelming, underwhelming. Okay. The least whelming, fair weather, two teams with starting quarterbacks game that I've seen possibly ever. So you're saying and you you told me
0: this analogy last night, that this is take the weather games out of it like we had with San Francisco and Chicago earlier in the year. Take out when you have two teams that are playing their backup quarterbacks or at least one team is playing their backup quarterback. We have what should be these offenses at relatively full strength despite a couple of injuries to running backs, but they have their starting quarterbacks, one in which got paid over $200 million a couple of months ago, and that is the product that we saw on Thursday night. Now, I talked about the Broncos on yesterday's show, and they did none of what dp said that they should do in terms of fixing their offense Sounds so about right. if you want to understand what they should do go listen to yesterday's episode i want to focus on the colts because yes they were winners last night and yes they are two two and one according to the standings first place i can check espn.com and that's what it says they are in first place tied for first place. kyle yes this team has serious serious problems and i think this can go all the way back to the moment that andrew luck retired and that they never made a commitment to hitting the reset button at the quarterback position because they continue to just trot out retread after retread after retread at the quarterback position. And I think it has gotten worse year over year. Phillip Rivers, good. Carson Wentz, bad. Matt Ryan, 11 fumbles through four or five games?
1: 11 th- fumbles through five games. Um, and just, y- you saw the lack of mobility. And the Colts did some pretty dramatic stuff on their offensive line, where they took Matt Pryor and moved him to right tackle, and they took Braden Smith and moved him inside to right guard, and they started their third-round rookie, Bernard Raymond, at left tackle in this game. And then Ryan Kelly went out with an injury in the game, and they took the guy that they put on the bench, who'd been the starting right tackle for the first month of the season, Danny Pinter, now you're the starting center. And I don't know what the situation is with Ryan Kelly, it was a hip, but... No, Jonathan Taylor didn't play in this game, but it really didn't matter because if you watch the tape of Jonathan Taylor, there's not a lot of room to run, and he himself has not looked like himself thus far this season, so it's a very, very toxic mix, and if you're if you're the Colts, the hope that you have is that Alec Pierce, who had a very productive game last night, is a player who can emerge and continue to add a new dynamic to your passing game. But I don't have the faith in his ability to consistently do that against high-quality corners in the NFL because he is coming from Cincinnati. I did think he was a little one-dimensional as a route runner coming out of Cincinnati, and that's fine. He's going to grow. He's going to be a good player. But it's like... You had these needs at wide receiver and this was your answer. Right, and, and And that's that's the question
0: that I think I want to delve into here today on the show because I think we all think Alex Pierce is talented and can be a potential solution down the road. Yes. But asking him to be a potential solution in year one as a rookie has kind of been the mantra of Chris Ballard at not just wide receiver but a bu- at a bunch of different positions. And you kind of put me onto this when we had this conversation on Draft Dudes a couple of days ago before this debacle last night on Thursday Night Football. But... This team is lauded year in and year out. Look at all of the cap space that the Indianapolis Colts have. This team works the cap better than anybody. They have all this money to be able to infuse into their roster. They're a young team. They're going to be able to spend in free agency and add talent and become a better football team. Kyle, I'm just, just, let, me, let me just look around here real quick. I, I, don't, I don't see the, the great free agency signings. I don't see the influx of the talent across the board that has made them better instead I see a reliance on day two and day three draft picks to be able to come in and be immediate impact players and listen you can you can have the bravado you can trust your scouting you can trust your ability to make those decisions but I just think you're rolling the dice in places when you didn't have to I could understand if you're a team that's pressed up against the cap right the New Orleans Saints we make fun of them all the time you're pressed up against the cap it's a good thing the cap's not real you have to be able to hit on your draft picks right you have to be able to and the Saints usually do Right and <laughs> yeah that's why they're they're successful. And so you you have the excuse of hey we have a lot of cap money, we can go out and and get players. It's not like they traded away all of their draft capital. They had draft capital. It feels like in terms of being able to impact their team in year 1 of all these players, they're over two. They're not spending the money and they're not spending it wisely and the draft picks aren't working out at least in year 1 short term.
1: Yeah, and what's what's scary for the Colts is you know, you mentioned this goes all the way back to when Andrew Luck retired. Well, that stopped being legitimate like two years ago, right? Like, No, I'm not. No, I know, right. I know, I know you're not saying that, but it's like if you're Chris Ballard, it's like, okay, you had a sudden change at the most important position in sports. You had a top 10 player at the position. So Jacoby Brissett plays, and then you go out and you get Phillip Rivers. And from that point on, the mission should have been, hey, let's not go to the discount bin and just find somebody to hand the ball off a bunch it should be, let's go f- take advantage of the fact that we do have this young, talented nucleus that does exist, that has existed for the Colts. And let's invest and push our chips in. And I think it's the apprehension from Chris Ballard to do that that has now put them in a position Well, where you know, the nucleus of the roster is not as good as it was Two years ago, the offensive line is dramatically underwhelming versus what the standard has been there. And we've talked about the relative inexperience of a lot of the players in the skill position groups. And then defensively, Stephon Gilmore is a, a great add for them, and they've been playing pretty well defensively. But now you're starting to deal with some injuries, where Shaquille Leonard, you know, missed the first four three games, came back and yeah, got hurt. Yep. So it's it's just really scary where like this season can get away from you. And you have committed yourself to building a team with a formula for winning games that offers you very little margin for error. Like Even Matt Ryan as a quarterback gives you very little margin for error based on how many times he was hit and sacked and continues to struggle with ball security in the pocket. It's not just like, oh, he's, he's making mistakes reading coverages or he's not on the same page with his wide receivers. It's like you got to step up in the pocket and probably 25 quarterbacks that are starting in the NFL – could step up in that pocket and not get sacked and Matt Ryan's not one of them yeah and listen
0: it's weird to talk about this team after they won a game and they're in first place I understand that we said that at the top of this conversation but I, but Kyle I can think of maybe one other team that if the Colts would have played that way last night that they would have beaten that's the problem I always one of the big things for me is repeatability how repeatable is your method to victory right how can you constantly be consistent and be able to win football games Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, whenever you're playing those football games. And for the Colts, that wasn't repeatable last night. You were not going to be able to turn the ball over, have the two fumbles from Matt Ryan, give up all those sacks, don't score a touchdown, score only 12 points via field goals, and expect to be competitive and win every week. That's the problem I have with this.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that we're missing here is we were the Broncos deciding to kick a field goal Away from them, probably having their second tie. You know, they tied. Yeah, would have, they, they, You would have had a meltdown if a team uh, had two ties. Correct. I wouldn't. And, you wouldn't have been on the show. We're, today. we're already upset with with how the Colts have have assembled this group, but they're a team that has has kind of walked the tightrope of win now, but not be irresponsible. But at some point, and I, I think. The way that this season is going, like if we get to the end of the road and there are not changes made from the brain trust, they are going to have to go all in because now the pressure, like the pressure is starting to get turned on. And at the end of the day, it's one in the wing column. Good for you guys. Try to build on it. But I know if I'm going into the film study today... I don't feel particularly good about what happened on the offensive side of the ball.
0: And can I tell you the other thing? And this is the bigger picture conversation that I think we can close on and, and, and talk about. But Kyle, they won last night, right? They went to 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Well, I'll say it again. 2-2-1, two, two and one, the Indianapolis Colts tied for first place in the AFC South. I don't think we sit here today and talk about this team as a contender in the AFC. They might be able to sneak into a playoff spot if they're able to put together some wins. But Kyle, the thing that I have concerns about, the thing that concerns me the most is they might win too many games to put themselves in a position to get a long-term answer at quarterback. And then you get yourself into a situation of, do we now quadruple down on the current strategy that we have been doing? You can't. Or we go all in and we use premium draft capital to try to move up to be able to get our quarterback with a roster that has
1: a lot of other holes in it. you, you, you see this scenario I'm painting here? It's not a pretty one. And th- this is where we've been stashing all this cap space all this time. You got to spend it all. You got to say every I'm not, single penny. I am no longer concerned about my 2026 cap flexibility. I need to spend now, backload contracts, go all in for a young quarterback, try to plug the rest of the holes via free agency. And then from there, like just the, the way that you have strategized, managing the cap and, and managing your roster is no longer. And that's the biggest problem, right? We talk about team life cycles, right? Rebuilding team, Young Contenders, Win Now Mode, Directionless Franchise, all these things. With, with You can't have the same strategy when you're not in the same life cycle. And that's where the Colts are. When Chris Ballard started, you're a rebuilding team. So all the things that we're talking about, they're great. But now that you're actually trying to win, you can't approach building a team the same way. And they haven't changed that yet. Well, what are we stashing
0: the cap space for, Kyle? Who do we got to pay on this roster that's going to ha- absolutely break the bank? There isn't anybody, and that's the problem. Right? Right. Why? Why? I, I listen. You have a bunch of young talent that you know, man. That that first round pick, it's going to become year five here pretty soon. I got to get this guy under contract. I have to, you know, give him a big long term extension. Fine, keep the money in the bank, hold it. But again, I ask, what Leonard contract extension?
1: Nelson contract extension? Darius Leonard or um, Shaquille Leonard contract extension? The only player you really John worry, worry about paying and, and, is the cheapest position right. in all of football. So what are we what are we hoarding the money
0: for? And because quarterback. Y- you can have all that, clep- that cap flexibility, but if you're not going to ultimately empty it for, for talent on your roster, and maybe other than what, Michael Pittman Jr., that's really the only other player that might be with- outstanding that would need a big-time contract, okay. And we're not spending it in free agency, so what's the point of keeping the money? We don't have in-house needs to address. We don't have free agency needs that we're going to address. And oh, by the way, we haven't figured out this quarterback thing since Andrew Luck retired in 2019. And they didn't even handle that well because they just immediately, before the season started, said, hey, Jacoby Brissett, here's a multi-year contract extension, be our starting quarterback. Like, <laughs> they haven't handled any part of this properly.
1: Yeah, and an extenuating circumstances in, in when Luck retires. But beyond that, the, 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 the approach has to change, point blank period. And I think you saw that last night, that even though they won, that this is a team that
0: doesn't feel like they're going to go very far, and each one of these wins might actually do more harm Uh, then good. Kyle, I appreciate uh, you um, watching the game on my behalf. You didn't know that going in that you were doing that. I did, though. But I appreciate you doing that and then having this conversation with me to... It's weird to talk about a team like this after they won, but I talked about the Broncos yesterday, so it felt like the Colts deserved their moment in the spotlight. So thanks for giving me a few minutes, Kyle. That was good catching up, Chris. Oh, and one more thing. Everybody buckle up. If you thought Colts-Broncos on Thursday night football was a spectacle, you're getting another one next week. Washington Commanders-Chicago Bears. Yes, that's right. We're going to follow up a pretty pitiful Thursday night football game with another one. This time, I'll be there to watch it all, and we'll talk about it when it happens. That's it for the Friday edition of the show. Everybody have a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday.